there are two skills that are required for you to be successful in life. Number one is sales and number two is leadership. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I am your host, Matt Smith, founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. Remember, this podcast is a movement to give back to this industry that's given so much to me and my family. Today, we have a very, very special episode. One of my dear friends, one of my coaching clients, and a badass lady leader, Tracy Hernley, has joined us for the show. Tracy, welcome. Thanks. So excited to have you on the show. Um, you and I have, have worked together for a while, and I've watched you grow and um, and just amazing, amazing things that you've accomplished both in your personal life, your professional life. And I can't wait to dive into that today because I know for a fact the listeners are going to get some value from you. So before we dive in, Tracy won't brag on herself. So let me brag on her for her, for, for her so you guys can understand why you should listen and why this is relevant. So Tracy is a team leader of a team in, in Michigan in a small town that will do 200 plus units this year. Um, she's a broker owner of a brokerage that will do 400 plus units this year. If I remember correctly, she owns her own title company as well. Mm-hmm. She owns her own yep. title company. She's been um, named as Realtor of the Year. She's president, been president of the Women's Council. And I could go on and on and on of all the amazing accolades that she's accomplished. But hopefully that puts in perspective of the caliber of guests that we have on the show today. And so um, without further ado, Tracy, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, I'm super excited to have you. Um, like I said, we've had the privilege of working together for uh, at least been a privilege for me to work with you for a while now and get to know you. And as we were just talking uh, prior to this podcast, it's just every time that we talk, um, like I'm like, we are just so similar. We think alike. We um, we process things the same. We have similar mindset. We have similar priorities. And so this is going to be a great conversation today. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. When I actually called John Chaplet to um, sign up with his organization, I was telling him, you know, one of the things that I always have struggled with when I find coaches, and I've had a great coach um, re- coaching relationship with several people. Um, one was very long-term, but um, sometimes you just need to change, right? But, sure. and I seen John Cheplick at a conference and, you know, talk about a true badass. That guy right. is impressive, you know, like you just can't help but get excited about whatever, whenever you're around John Cheplick, right? And so when I called him, I was like, you know, I'm, I would like a coach that is in a smaller town and um, that can maybe relate more to my business and um, and doing big things in my business. And he like the first person he talked, he said was after he talked to me for a while is you need to talk to Matt Smith. I think he's perfect for you. So anyway, yeah, then you got stuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a privilege and an honor. I love it. Um, And. Like, let's let's dive into that, because one of the things I want to talk about today is leadership. And so you mentioned John Cheplak. He is a leader. He's a mentor. He's a, a personal friend of mine. And I want to talk about leadership on display. Like that guy is the epitome of it. The best leadership coach on the planet. Um, I'm privileged to be coached by him and to be a coach for him. And the impact that he has made on my life and so many other people's lives is just awe inspiring. And I think that there's some things that we could probably dive into on the leadership realm um, of the lessons that we've both learned in leadership, why it's important, and maybe some of the things that we've done not correctly in leadership. And I think why it's important to mention Cheplak is because I believe there's one leadership style, and that is servant leadership by example. We've heard of servant leadership, and we've heard of lead by example. I think those two combined is the only way to lead. Um, and so you have to realize as a leader that you're a servant and then you have to lead by demonstration. You have to walk through the fire with them, right? You have to clear the path for the people that you are serving. And I think John Cheplak is an amazing example of that. And I think that you are as well. Um, and so for reference, like I have a leadership mindset, Tracy's an amazing leader. And so she's leading agents, leading the brokerage, leading other companies. I know she has other businesses outside of the real estate space as well that she is leading. And so You may be listening to this if you're not a team leader or don't have the leadership skills and say, how does this apply? What I will tell you is there are two skills that are required for you to be successful in life. Number one is sales and number two is leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I have a saying, it's actually on my, um, I have it right here. It was gifted to me by a past client. Um, They make little trinkets. um, And 
she heard me on a podcast say that everyone is a leader to someone in their life. And she said that really resonated with her because she's always discounted the leadership messages and said, well, I'm not a leader. Like I have a real regular job. I just, I'm just a normal person, but you're leading people, whether you realize it or not, you're leading your kids, you're leading your coworkers. Like everyone is a leader to someone. And so I think all of these leadership lessons that we'll break down applies to everyone. Yeah. And one of the things that you've helped me the most is I'm always, I always self-reflect and, um, and when we were talking about, uh, your post about your daughter and how she wanted a new puppy and she was selling you on it. And there were so many things in that post that resonated. And, um, at the racetrack at my kids, you know, they watch us, me and my husband work all the time. Right. And my daughter decided when we owned the racetrack that she was going to start a bracelet business. And her bracelet business, she had some of her little friends that they would make bracelets and then they'd set up their booth at the racetrack on Friday nights when we were racing and they would sell bracelets and they sold like three or four or five hundred dollars worth, a lot of money worth of bracelets for, you know, 10 and 11 year olds. Right. Which is adorable. And they had signs and they set up their booth and I was like so proud of them. And, um, and still proud of them. Right. And with the end, when I said, well, what do you guys want to do with your money? And then they thought about it for a few days and they decided they wanted to donate it to the shelter. And I was like, man, that's amazing. You know, but one of the things that stuck out to me was my daughter was, um, complaining about her employee or her employees, right. <laughs> the I love other it. Working for. <laughs> and so, um, and my oldest daughter is, you know, she's pretty driven and so, so forth. And, um, and how they need to work harder and they need to do this and they need to do that. And so then I started self-reflecting like, well, this is the stuff that she's watching me do. Right. And, um, and honestly, it was about that time that I reached out because I needed help figuring out I'm a highly impatient person because I'm, I just operated a very fast pace always. And, my employees always want to help me. And I'm very blessed to have a lot of great people that work with me. And, um, and, but I sometimes am not a great communicator. And um, a lot of times, and I need to slow myself down and I need to understand where they're coming from. And it was very evident when I was listening to my daughter that I don't do that. I don't, I didn't do a good job of it at all. And so that's one of the things that I'm super grateful for um, with your coaching is that you, you asked me, well, Tracy, you know, what do you think about this? Or let's approach this a little different, right? And now whenever I go into situations that I need to address or change, like I think of them a lot differently than I ever did before, because before I would just be like, well, why, why can't we do this? Why isn't this done yet? Why, you know, why this, why that? And so um, anyways, uh, we're always as leaders, right? Yes. Yeah, so, and we're always evolving as as humans, right? But especially in leadership. And I think there's a lot of things I want, that you said there that are brilliant. I want to break down. And so one of the things that you mentioned is for um, the, the story that Tracy's talking about with like the story of my daughter, just for reference, I'm going to tell it quickly because I'm proud dad moment, right? Um, yeah. I always say that my favorite job on the planet, I wear a lot of hats. My favorite hat to wear is the dad hat. Like I'm so blessed to be a dad, a girl dad of all things. Um, my favorite thing to do. Um, so my oldest daughter, she, um, we have pets, we have, we've, she's just a dog lover. And so she, she did something amazing a couple of days ago and it was just very, very inspiring for me. And it was just a great reminder for me to reflect. And I believe that most lessons in life are caught and not taught. I'm going to say that again. Most lessons in life are caught and not taught. So if I were to say actions speak louder than words, everyone would be like, yep, I get that phrase. But what are our actions telling others that are watching us? Those other people that we are leading, what are our actions telling them? What lessons are they catching from us versus the lessons that we are teaching? And are they in, in alignment? And so with that in, in mind, my daughter literally comes out and she said, we need a family meeting. I'm like, okay, sure. What do you, I mean, she's like, she's 11. I mean, she, but we need a family meeting. I'm like, all right, what are we going to meet about? And so she literally goes and gets one of my suit jackets on. She puts on one of my ties and she comes out and she screen shares her phone to the TV. She's like, all right, sit down. We're going to go over a presentation. I'm like, what is going on here? But her presentation was like 11 or 12 slides on why we need a dog, 
There was like a selling point of here's cute pictures of dogs of why we should get one. She had a pros and cons list. And just like, it was an amazing presentation. Not to mention it was from an 11 year old and like the lessons that she has seen me do and prepping for speeches I've been blessed to give, sales meetings I've presented, coaching calls that I've done, just different things that she's seen me prepare and present things in a way that she's like, if I really want to get the desired outcome, I need to take people through a journey and I need to do it this way. And she dressed up to do it. And just so many lessons inside of that, that I just think the the framework of us as all of us being leaders, what lessons are people catching from us? And are they, are they the same lessons that we want to teach them? Whether that's your kids, whether that's your agents, whether that's your spouse, no matter who it is that's in your life, what lessons are they catching from you? I think that's just a great reference. Um, but as Tracy was telling her version, which I absolutely love, um, that your entrepreneur spirit is going to your kids and they're selling bracelets at the racetrack. I absolutely love that. And I love that you said something that really resonates with me and I say it all the time, but I think you said it so quickly and it probably comes natural to you that a lot, that a lot of people may not have caught it. And Tracy said the people that work with me, not the people that work for me, there's a big difference. And so I think a leadership lesson for me is like people ask me all the time, Matt, how many people do you have working for you now? And I always answer it the same way, zero. And they look at me really strange. It's really funny exercise to do. And I'm like, well, I say zero because no one works for me. I have a lot of amazing people that work with me and collectively we're on this mission accomplishing these things. And like just that mindset alone and truly, again, are they catching that from you? Are the people that are watching you, the people that are on this journey with you, are they, do they actually believe it and feel that? And that makes, that's a whole different leadership angle than just being a manager or just being a boss. So I believe leadership is a privilege and I believe leadership is not a job title. One of the best things that you can do, no matter where you are in life, is to be a leader before you become a leader. And if you're able to be that informal leader, great things happen in your life, I promise you. Um, but another thing that we, you broke down is some lessons that you've that you've learned from our conversations and from our coaching. And what I call that is modeling. And so what I try to do and attempt to do each and every time is that Tracy will come with, so like in this case, say you're a team leader or, or whatever it is, and you have an agent that comes with a question or a problem, or you're just an agent and a buyer or seller comes with an objection or a problem or, or a question. Are you just giving them the answer or are you taking them through the journey of self-discovery so that they truly learn the lesson for themselves so that they don't need you anymore? See, I believe sometimes we become entitled as humans, as agents, as leaders, as whatever, and we want to hold all the answers to ourselves. And Tracy has to come to me to get the answers. But the people that are winning at high levels, they develop other people. They invest into other people. Real leaders create more leaders, not followers, right? And so what lessons are you actually teaching versus just giving the quick answer? And that goes for all aspects of this business. And so um, what, what Tracy mentioned there was just, I call that modeling. And I learned that from John Cheplak, right? Is instead of just giving the answer, like the, the calls that Tracy and I have, it's very rare if Tracy ever asked me a question that I don't answer with another question. If an agent on my team asks me a question, I always answer with another question because I want to make sure that they're thinking through it on their end so that they don't need me the next time they have this solution. And that makes that makes me more valuable and that makes them way more valuable. And so I think it's important that you model these things for everyone that you're leading in your life. Um, last thing, and then we'll move to the next section. I'll turn it back to the, the brilliant Tracy to share some knowledge. Is she Tracy said it without saying it. But one of the biggest lessons she has learned in becoming a better leader, which she's on a, a clear mission to be, is removing the word why from her vocabulary. Why is a word of judgment. Why causes people to shut down. It, it loses trust. There is no good thing that happens if someone does not meet your expectations and your first answer is, well, why? Nothing good comes from it. You have to come from a place of understanding and a place of curiosity and not judgment. And so remove as a leader, remove the word why from your vocabulary and your, your leadership skills will go through the roof. Generally too, when, you know, I have an, um, an amazing team that works with me and 
if I start to notice a breakdown now, I always, and I learned this from you, get ahead of it, right? Yes. And generally it's, it's something that I'm doing and our, I'm not giving them enough of. And so it's, um, it's a much easier conversation to have when you can just say, look, I'm feeling a breakdown here. What can I do that I'm not doing to help fix this problem? Right. Yep. And um, and just getting ahead of it and, and understanding. And, and a lot of times it's because I'm moving too fast and I'm not giving them enough information. I expect them to read, you know, read my mind and my half sentences that they get when I'm running in and out of the office or whatever I'm doing. So yep. um, I think that that's been, uh, it's been a game changer, just realizing that if I can get ahead of that stuff and not uh, let it continue that, um it's a game changer. 100%. And I think that um, getting ahead of it is is crucial. But I think it's also important to realize that conflict happens, right? And so Tracy just modeled a couple of things there. Number one, she's willing to accept responsibility as a leader. Like as a leader, it's all our fault. What Instead of saying, why didn't this happen? The first question you should ask yourself, hold up the mirror and say, how did I play a role in this? And whenever you really approach things that way, that doesn't mean everything is Tracy's fault, but that means she's approaching from a curiosity standpoint and not a judgment standpoint. And what she's doing first is self-reflecting. Did I set the proper expectations? Did I give them clarity? And did I, let's give them grace before we start judging, right? And what can I do differently to have the outcome we both desire? And I think when you approach things differently, like that, it just, it completely changes the game. It adds to trust which is an important part of culture and being a leader is having that trust with your people. But the next, the next tier or the next level of how to build a great culture. I get this from the five dysfunctions of a team, the best book on culture ever go read it. Um, but the next level is fear of conflict. You have absence of trust, fear of conflict. And I think most people are afraid to have conflict because they don't have a high level of trust, but I believe people mistake conflict with drama. Nobody wants drama. At least nobody in my life wants drama because I don't want drama in my life. And if you want drama, you're not going to be a part of my life. But that doesn't mean we don't have conflict. There's a difference. And most people mistake the two. So I think drama is avoiding conflict. But if you have conflict, you also have resolution. And without conflict, you don't have resolution. So conflicts unresolved is what creates drama. We all have conflict. You can't get rid of conflict. But if you have that conflict and you come to a resolution, that gets rid of the drama because you resolve the conflict. Yep. And I think all of that ties into what Tracy just kind of modeled for us is by adjusting her leadership style, by removing the word why from a vocabulary and saying, as a leader, what part did I play in this and how can I help improve this and remove impediments out of your path so we can accomplish this common goal together? Like the, what you will accomplish, the people you will accomplish it with will never be the same again, because it's no longer just Tracy turning the engine. You have a bunch of people that believe in you as a leader that you have high level of trust with that understand your vision at a higher level that can go in, out and execute. The other thing I think that we dismiss quickly as leaders is that just like we're growing as leaders, the people that work with us are growing as well. And so, and whenever there's uncomfortableness, that just means that there's growth happening. And if we can accept that and look at it in a positive light instead of in a negative light, then it's good for everybody, you know? Yes, 100%. Like we can't avoid hard times. Like uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable things happen in life. Things happen out of our control. It's just called life. It happens to all of us. But I, I think what Tracy said there is so spot on is that is an opportunity for growth. And growth is uncomfortable. But without that struggle, without that pain, without that uncomfortable moment, you will never become better. And I know that Tracy sees similar to me is that I'm, I choose to surround myself by people that want to grow, that want to be better. And everybody's on their own path. It's you versus you. But what do you want to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today? 
awesome. You're in the right environment because that's what we're all doing together. And it's these little things, these little subtleties, these little nuances with a great leader like Tracy that make all of it possible. And you watch great leaders like Tracy learning these lessons, internalizing these lessons, her business will absolutely explode. And the only thing that changed was her leadership skills. Like that is the key to growth. The speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. And so what I mean by that is not how hard Tracy works. No one would ever question Tracy's work ethic, but is she working the right way and aligning with the right people that believe in the mission, believe in the leader, believe in the path that they're going to go out and help Tracy execute. And now Tracy's replacing herself and duplicating herself with like-minded people that are on this path to this bigger vision and bigger mission because Tracy's working on becoming a better leader. So all of that being said, this is from a team leader that her biggest focus this year was becoming a better leader. And she's closing 200 plus transactions for her team and 400 plus for her brokerage this year in this marketplace. And Tracy, your market's down, what, 30%? Um, 19%. 19%. There was some months I know that were, were a lot yeah. higher, but 19% yeah. overall. Yeah. And to be able to have that those caliber of numbers in a marketplace like it is, is like, that just shows that your leadership skills is why that's possible. Yeah. Our business is not down 19%. So we're still outpacing the market. 100%. I love it. Um, one more one more leadership lesson, then we'll go to the next thing. But I think that this is just such a relevant topic today. And I think everyone's looking for the magic bullet, they're looking for the secret pill. And great things don't grow quickly. Mm -mm. It is this one tiny step at a time. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, wow, where did all this stuff come from? But real growth happens from within. And that's what we're really breaking down here together is I was on a call with one of my business partners um, yesterday, actually. And he said something towards the end of the call. He said, it's different here. And what he means by that is he said, yes, we have all the tactics. We have all the strategy. We have all the skills to help you build whatever you want to build. Well, it's more than that. We're doing life together. We're becoming better human beings and we are impacting people's lives for the better. That's what makes it different. And that's what being a leader is. And that's what Tracy's breaking down for you here is that's what she's focused on and that's who she's becoming. Anything you want to add to that? No. Cool. All right. So let's go into, let's go into coaching, right? You talked about coaching. You mentioned it. Um, and this is by no means a, a promotion of coaching. This is just, I think everyone needs a coach in their life. For perspective, I have three coaches in my life. I spend well over six figures a year to help me become better so that I can be the best version of myself for my health and my fitness, for my real estate team, for my leadership skills. Like I just truly believe that we need people to help us show us the path, people that can see it from a different angle, a different perspective and people that hold us accountable to the things that we want to accomplish. So Tracy, you mentioned you've had several coaches and a lot of great coaches that have helped you get to where you are. Why is coaching important to Tracy? So coaching is important to me because honestly, I need somebody to be on my ass sometimes because <laughs> I can bulldoze my way and be charismatic and, you know, just you know, muddle my way through if I have to. But in order for me to grow, I need somebody that's going to hold me accountable to a very high level. And sometimes it requires uncomfortable conversations with yep. me. I mean, my last coach, I went and got a tattoo because of something he said to me. Um, and so <laughs> he asked me one day, Tracy, you know, you tell me you want to do all this stuff and you're not making the decisions to do all this stuff. Do you want to be a crop duster or do you want to be a fighter jet? And it pissed me off. I was like, are you kidding me? Well, everybody that knows me knows that I want to be a fighter jet. You know, first of all, I don't even like to go slow. And so, um, and I was so irritated by that conversation, but it pushed me in a manner that was positive. Right. Sure. And, um, and it made me realize that I have to, I have to perform at a high level and make disciplined choices on a daily basis in order to get to the result that I want. And if I'm not willing to make those hard choices on a daily basis, then I'm going to be a crop duster, right? Yeah. Um, 
so anyways, uh, short story on a tattoo that I have. Um, it's a Love fighter it. jet, <laughs> in case anybody's wondering. Um, <laughs> uh, but you have to seek people out that push you and that make you uncomfortable. And that will say the things to you that sometimes your loved ones or your friends won't say to you. My favorite friends are the ones that give me candid feedback. Yep. Um, and I always appreciate when people tell me that I need to do better in an area of my life or, um, you know, give me constructive criticism, um, whether it be how I conduct a sales meeting or, um, you know, how I conduct a meeting or that I lead people, whatever it is, I want that feedback because it's important to me to be better. And I think that some people just get caught up in um, the mindset of, you know, people, they get offended too easily. And, um, and I think that if we want to be a good leader, you got to be open to some criticism and taking that criticism and using it in a positive manner. 100%. And it's, and I will add to that is that it's not, it's not even just if you want to be a better leader, if you want to be a better person, if you want to be yeah. a better human, you have yep. to be open minded and coachable. Yep. Otherwise, if you already know it all, no one can help you. Absolutely. Like, and there's just what I've realized by being fortunate and blessed to be around amazing people like Tracy and John Cheplak and just some of the rooms that I'm privileged to be a part of, of the highest performing people on the planet. They are the most coachable and most open-minded individuals on the planet. Society paints a picture of successful people know it all, but the really successful people are the ones that are there learning. They're taking more notes than anyone else at the event. They're there to be a student because they realize that they can always be better. And that's why they're successful. The people that play business and play real estate agent and play team leader that have the lease on the car and have the mortgage mortgaged out. And like, just it, they're, they're broke right now in this marketplace are the people that are trying to put a facade of success and don't really truly want success. They want people to think they're successful, but they don't want to take what it, they don't want to do what it takes to become successful. And I think we have to leave our ego at the door. We have to be humble and realize that we can learn something from everyone. And if you're able to do that and you're able to really like understand at a deep, deep level that everyone can teach you something. And sometimes, and this is going to hurt agents feelings, but sometimes in this business, that magic bullet you're looking for most times does not exist. It's not the system. It's not the process. It's not this magic lead source. It is a combination of who you are as a person, what you are feeding your mind. What are you demonstrating on a daily basis? What are the activities that you're taking? What are the skills that you are building? That is what will take you through any marketplace. If you rely on just this magic lead source, you rely on just this magic, whatever it may be in the business, you're gonna, your business is going to go down when, when, when the market goes down. What did Tracy just share with you? The market is going down and her business is not. It's because she's focused on what really matters. And that's herself, her skills, her development, how she can be a better leader for the people that she's privileged to lead, because that's what moves the needle consistently, no matter what goes on in the marketplace. I think sometimes we shoot at the wrong target. It's just like 75 hard, Matt. I know you've done it several times. Yep. You know, I've completed it. Um, and it's really hidden in our daily routines, right? Yes. Um, and if we can't be disciplined to do the things that move the needle on a daily basis, we're never going to see the major outcome that we really want. And, um, and you, you just have to be committed to it and committed to excellence and even if it's not excellence every single day, not every day that I wake up is my best day, right? Right. Um, but we still have to do the stuff that matters. Like during 75 hard, there was days that like I did not want to do my second workout because I missed it earlier in the day and I was doing it at 11 o'clock at night. There's nothing fun about doing a second workout for 45 minutes at 11 o'clock at night. Especially um, if it's outside and it's raining or snowing. Yep. 100%. Yes. And I'm in Michigan. No. <laughs> and I did 75 hard in January. <laughs> um, so, um, but, but you just do it right. And it's, and it, even if it's a walk and you don't feel like you get like, you know, the endorphins and like you do from a Peloton ride or whatever, you don't feel like it's your best workout, but it was still, you still got it done. 
And so it's, it's really just doing that 1% every single day because 1% better every single day adds up huge at the end of the year. Um, And so I think people get lost in trying to do too much and, and then they don't, they're not satisfied and they give up. Right. Um, But even if it's not your best day, if you still do it, then you're accomplished. I love it. So I have a saying, do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do it anyway. Whatever excuse you're telling yourself, just get up and do it anyway. Yeah. Don't let like, your bitch voice get you. That's right. That's right. I love it. Um, you you become you become in love with your bitch voice because it helps make you become better once you get control of it, right? Um, yeah. but I think there's a lot of stuff you said there. So you said discipline. And I think um one of the things that comes to mind when you talk about discipline is most people don't really understand what that means. And so they're like, well, I showed up to the office. Okay, awesome. What did you do while you were there? Well, I I was working. Okay, what kind of work were you doing? And so I just think that we just, we have this false narrative of what discipline really means. And so let's go back to why do most people get into this crazy business we call real estate? Because they're chasing one thing. They're chasing freedom. Whether it be financial freedom whether it be time freedom, whether it be location freedom, whether it be the combination of all of those, this business can be the path to that freedom that you seek. All three of those. But discipline is required to get that freedom. And so I have, a, I have a, literally, I, ha- I ordered it. Artwork that's going on my wall. It says, not, it's very simple. Discipline equals freedom. We all want freedom. That's the equation. We're trying to accomplish freedom. But discipline is the recipe that gets you that. As an example, if you're an agent that's listening, what freedom is it that you want? You want more time? You want more money? Literally, we just did an exercise with our team. We printed out, and we'll talk about this on our coaching call, Tracy, further. Um, I think it was great. But um, I'll give everyone here an insight is we just printed out calendars for the holidays. And we started the meeting differently. And we said, here's a blank calendar with the holidays already on it. We're going to start completely different. Everyone take five quiet minutes and fill out the most important things to you on this calendar. And by most important, what I mean is holidays are coming up. You need to spend time with your family. Do you have vacations? Do you have kids off the school? What is the most important things in your life? Because real estate is not most important. What are you doing real estate for? For your kids, for this, for that, right? So let's put those most important things on the calendar first. And let's see how many days it is that you were taking off from work. And it was a cool exercise. Everyone said different numbers. And then I asked, how many of those days are you really taking off? And they're like, well, what do you mean? How many of those days are you calling all of your clients and say, hey, I'm off Monday through Wednesday. So if you need me, I won't be, you won't be able to reach me because I'm spending time with my family for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, et cetera. I'll, I'll return all calls on Thursday. And they're like, well, we can't do that. And I said, and that's why you'll never have freedom because you're not willing to be disciplined with the time that you have. And so to take this further, what I meant by that was, and the exercise I took them through, I'm condensing this, was most of them were like, well, I'll still do a little work. I'm like, so you're not off. So you just lied on your calendar. You just lied to your family that you said you were taking off. You're not taking off. You're still working, but you're working reactively. What if, why do we feel we need to work reactively in this business? My belief is because we don't do the shit we know we're supposed to do day in and day out when we're working proactively. And so if you, if literally my recipe right now that I'm coaching every agent on, if you give me 15 hours a week, I guarantee you'll be successful. You give me 15 hours a week for the next six months of your life, 15 hours a week, I guarantee you'll be successful. If you don't believe me, prove me wrong by doing the work and show me you didn't get the results. But it's, 15 minutes of educating yourself each and every day, 15 minutes of a huddle with a team, a coach, someone that can hold you accountable. You can say, hey, this is what I did yesterday. Here's the lessons I learned. Some kind of group camaraderie and accountability. 30 minutes of role play a day, one hour of prospecting and one hour of follow-up. That's it. Most team leaders say, I don't want part-time agents. How many of your agents actually work full-time? Right. We, we don't because we work reactively because we think we have to. We have to work on everyone's schedule. How many agents want to show a house at 8 p.m. on a Sunday evening? None of them. But how many of them have? Why? Why have you done that? 
My belief is because you're not disciplined enough in the days that you're at work to actually be present, to actually be there, that you have to fall for the trap of, well, this one just called me at this point in time. And so I got to take what I get instead of choosing who you want to work with and when you want to work with them. Discipline is the path to freedom. Anyone can, but not everyone will. I'm going to say that again. Anyone can, but not everyone will. So what I challenge everyone to do is actually just be disciplined in their business day to day. And if you want that freedom, it is hidden in the disciplines that you do or do not have. And so to further this exercise to close that loop, then I asked, all right, what are the days that you are working? How many days? And everyone mentioned them. I'm like, so you have a lot of days left to build momentum before next year, right? Like it was an awareness, like everyone has 30 plus days of, of work before next year. And they're like, wow, I can actually build momentum. I'm like, do you think everyone else is giving up? I'll get that next year. I'll, that'll be a New Year's resolution. You can be 30 days ahead of everyone else. But what do you consider one thing, one activity that means you won the day that day? And you make that a non-negotiable. And then will you feel, feel bad about taking those days off to spend with your family? You won't because you knew you did what you were supposed to do on the days you were supposed to do them. But why do we work reactively? It's because we weren't disciplined enough on the days that we were at work. We weren't really working. We fall into the busy trap and not the productive trap. Anything you want to add to that, Tracy? No, that's 100% what happens. And I think that because as an industry, we are also reactive, we don't plan our days appropriately. And so then whenever some, you know, like I just went over in my sales meeting yesterday, you know, pick a Christmas party you guys want to go to, but don't go to every single luncheon and Christmas party you get invited to, because what's a, that's going to do is it's going to distract you yes. and you're not going to get in your disciplines that you need to get in order to be successful when it comes quarter one and quarter two next year. The people that work through the holiday seasons and stay focused and disciplined are the ones that always have good springs going into the next year, right? Because they didn't get lazy. They stayed focused. They stayed disciplined and they stayed on task. Um, and let's face it, all of the, you know, Christmas parties that we get invited to, most of them are just our colleagues. And I say just our colleagues and I use that loosely. Um, but, I, you know, not that I don't appreciate and respect those relationships. I totally do, but you know, they're going to appreciate the referrals and the business that we send them way more than they're going to appreciate our presence at their Christmas party. Yep. So, um, so keep that in perspective, you know, stay on task. And if, and if like go to the parties, but do the shit, you know, you're supposed to do before you go. Right. Yeah. You if know you what can't I mean? Both, yes. Pick the one that matters. <laughs> That's right. hundred percent. I love it. Um, let's close this loop on coaching. Um, if someone were to say, I don't even know where to start with coaching. I don't know why it's important. I don't have the money. Is it really that big of a deal? Um, you've been coaching with a lot of people for a lot of years and accomplished amazing things. What would you say to that person? You know, when I first signed up with a coach, I had no idea how I was ever going to pay for my coaching. Like no idea <laughs> went in blind, like, well, I'm going to figure it out because sure. I, if I want to be better, I've got to make this investment. And, you know, most of us don't have any issue pulling the trigger on some bright and shiny object that they think is going to, you know, get them more leads or, you know, be an easy dollar or whatever. And then we don't even use that stuff to the, our full capacity nine times out of 10, but we are resistant to making the investment in ourselves because we don't, we don't believe in the return on it, yes. but you know, that's where we really fail ourselves is you have to believe in the return on yourself and have that much confidence and faith in yourself that you're going to follow through with this stuff that you learn. And so um, I think that it's probably one of the things that is, um, is dismissed easily in our industry, but it's super important. If we ever want to level up, we have to surround ourselves with people that are going to make us level up and inspire us to do that. And, um, a lot of times that's going outside of your, your surroundings. Um, my favorite conferences to go to are the ones that I'm like the dumbest person in the room yes. um, that make me uncomfortable that I feel like I'm not even dressed appropriately. Right. Um, farm girl out of Michigan, you know, sometimes my style is totally not California. Right. Um, but, uh, but it always inspires me to dress better. Right. <laughs> So um, anyways, I, I think that we always have to push ourselves and believe that we're going to 
we're going to follow through and do the return and have confidence and faith in yourself to do it. 100%. And I think there's a lot that you said there. And I think like as an example, and I'll, you know what, I'll throw this out there for free. If someone is like, you know what, I'm interested in coaching. I'm interested in learning more. I just don't know how I'll afford it. Send me your PL and let's have a free call. We'll go through it and I will show you how you can pay for it. And I will show you the return on the investment that you will get, because if you invest in the most important thing in your life, which is yourself, the compound returns will be the rest of your life. And I just think it's that important that we understand. And again, this is coming from Tracy. And this doesn't have to be with me. Get a coach that you trust, that is proven, that has done things, that is documented, that is not theory, that is proven. And my belief is, depending on where you are in your business, you need a system and a process for coaching, but just a coaching in a box doesn't work for everyone. Like you mm -hmm. have to be customizable. Um, and so find that right fit for you. And if you invest in the most important asset in your life, which is yourself, the compound returns of you and everyone in your life will be for the rest of your life. Yes. But I think that we just don't, we would rather invest in this new marketing tool or this new lead source or this new website, instead of the things that we actually can control that will change our lives and impacts our lives, our lives and other people's lives forever. And that's invested in ourselves and our knowledge and our skills. Yeah, you said something there, Matt, that I think we should touch on a little more. I have had a fair amount of coaches and the first three or four coaches that I had, they, they were terrible. They didn't inspire me. I felt like it was a waste of money. Um, you know, not all coaches are for everybody. So know your personality well enough to know what coach you really need to be paired with. And if it doesn't feel like a good match, request a different one Yes, and have that confidence that, you know, um, that you need to be transferred no matter how much you like the person that's coaching you. Um, you know, if they're not inspiring you or changing you for the better, then it may, it might not be a good fit and you might need somebody that coaches you different like I had mentioned earlier in this conversation, that I I have to have a coach that stays on my ass, that totally calls me to the calls me to the carpet, and um, can be that frank and just dot me between the eyes. Because <laughs> if they don't dot me between the eyes, then I just keep going along and about my business, and it doesn't affect me, right? Yep. But when people totally call me out, then I respect that, I appreciate it, and I address it, right? And so know your personality type and know what you react to and make sure you pair yourself appropriately. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, let's move on to something else that I think we are both very passionate about. Um, I think leadership, coaching, I think, or check those boxes. But something else that I've observed about Tracy is that um, she's a mom, right? And she loves her kids and she family comes first and I would love to talk about the cliche and Tracy's opinions on being a badass lady leader running multiple businesses that works a lot and being a mom first and how that how you handle with the quote unquote parenting or mom guilt that a lot of people associate with a busy life or a successful life. Hmm. So I'm not going to ever say I don't have mom guilt. I do. I do have mom guilt. Um, I think that anybody that cares, you know, when you're a mom, you just care that much. Um, and sometimes I even have business guilt, right? <laughs> Where I don't feel like I feel like I've been, um, you know, with my kids more than I have spent time on my business. And I feel guilty about that. And then I try to make up for lost time, right? There's always like this on balance. I don't really believe in any balance in my life. Um, I know that most people are always looking for balance. Uh, I just accept the fact that I have a lot of shit to do every day and I just make it happen. I want to add to that really quickly and let you continue. Balance isn't what most people are looking for. They have a false perception of balance. Balance yeah. does not exist. You're chasing the wrong, you're shooting at the wrong target. What yeah. you are really looking for is the rhythm, the rhythm, beat to the rhythm of your own drum, live life on purpose. But plan your day in advance and say, if I'm going to be with my kids, I'm with my kids. If I'm going to be at work, I'm going to be at work. But that comes with discipline, which is most people are missing that part of the recipe. But don't look for balance because it doesn't exist. But find the rhythm of the ebbs and flows of life and live the life you want to live and be with the people you want to be and be where you want to be, why you want to be there. Like that's the balance that people are looking for. But they 
or they, yeah, like that's the rhythm they're looking for, but they misinterpret that as balance. Yeah. And I think that's being familiar with what your purpose is. Like, what, what are your real, what are your real ambitions and really deep diving that and, um, and, and saying yes to the things that take you in that direction and being comfortable with saying no to the things that don't. And, um, so, you know, with, uh, with balancing or juggling, I think is a better word, um, a busy life, multiple businesses. I have three kids, uh, 12, 10 and six. And so, um, and they all play sports and they all race cars and our racing takes us away, um, regularly on the weekends. And so I think it's just a matter of making sure that you keep things, um, you keep things planned, you know, what your week needs to consist of, um, you find the discipline and prioritize to get the things done that you need to, just like you were talking about a little bit ago, Matt, um, making sure that you don't have to go show a house at eight o'clock on Sunday. Cause I'm not going to be around to do that. Right. And I'm not going to say that I never have to call one of my team members or teammates and ask them to cover me because that does happen occasionally. But, um, but, but that's the exception, right. not the rule. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But trying to make sure that I'm staying ahead of that stuff and knowing what I should take on and what I shouldn't take on and, um, and keeping that in perspective as well. I love it. And I think if we tie that to lessons are caught, not taught the amazing story you told about your daughters, like imagine where they are going to be the one that was doing, um, at the, what was it? The jewelry stand? Is that what it was? The bracelets. Yeah. Bracelets. Yeah. yeah. Selling the bracelets at the racetrack. Where is she going to be in life because of the lessons she has caught from her amazing mom, building amazing businesses and changing people's lives and transforming the trajectory of her family tree? Like, so if you want to talk about one of my really good friends, Kelly Salter, um, did a great presentation um, at an event I was at on mom guilt. And she has a rough story with um, her child that had all kinds of complications. And I'm not going to tell her story. It's her story to tell. But like she was approached by all kinds of people about you're working too hard. It's mom guilt. It's this. And I think she says it very, very well. It's like, which do I, I'm going to have guilt in my life. You mentioned business guilt, right? Like, why don't people say, how can we not business guilt? Cause you're spending all this time with your family, right? You have a business to take care of, but people don't think that way. And I think people are way too quick to judge. And that goes back to us being confident in ourselves, aligned with our mission, with the right people that are moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you want to, sure, you can have guilt. I get it. We all have guilt. I have guilt. We all have it. But do your kids understand why you're doing what you're doing? And are they a part of what you're doing? Your racetrack took a lot of time away from your life. You integrated them into the racetrack. And how many lessons did they learn by being there? And yeah. should that make you guilty? Because you took time away from your family to do another business or Tracy integrated them into the business and they learn life lessons that will serve them forever. Like and which one would you, would you, yeah, that's right. And which one would, would be make you more guilty? Those experiences, those life lessons that they learn that will serve them forever or you playing small so you don't get uncomfortable and them never experiencing what life could be like and them living a subpar normal life Yes, I said normal as a negative context because it is a normal life because you didn't have the courage enough to stand up to the people that said you should feel guilt for doing something big in your life. Which right. one will you feel more guilty of? Absolutely. You know, another thing, just touching on that, our 12-year-old daughter, one day we were in the weeds at the racetrack because, you know, having enough help on a Friday night, a seasonal business, you only race one day a week, right? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So um, we were excuse me, we were in the weeds. We didn't have enough help. And my daughter was scanning tickets and it was one of our really busy nights. It was a destruction event. And so my daughter just picks up a scanner and starts scanning tickets. And, um, and of course, one of the people, and I'm grateful that she's, you know, aware enough to be like, yeah, I can do that. I can help with this, you know? And, um, and of course somebody comes through that's negative Nancy and they are like, well, is she even old enough to work? I can't believe you're making your kid work, you know? And I was like, um, 
just, it's interesting people's perspective on that. And, um, but I think that it's great. That How'd my- you say, ma'am, here's your money back. I'm sorry. We don't, we don't, we don't need you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like it, most people were like, oh, that's amazing. Your daughter's oh. helping, you know? And, uh, but you're going to get criticized no matter what you do anyways. And so you might as well just uh, keep it positive and, and embrace the stuff that they can learn from your, your, you know, your struggles and um, what you're, what you're doing. So that's right. And I think a lot of people um, try to avoid criticism. They try to avoid failure and those are just a part of life. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get criticized for what you do do or what you don't do. Yeah. Right. And, and some so- people think failure is something that it's not right. Um, the racetrack is a, is a good example for my family. You know, we sold the racetrack recently and we sold the racetrack because it was too much for us to manage with all of our other businesses and with having three kids and, you know, it just didn't make sense for us. And people look at it like we failed at that. And, and, um, and I don't look at it like that at all. I, I feel like it's a victory to acknowledge the fact that, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze and knowing, um, knowing that sometimes losing is winning and being able to be okay with that. But there was tons of criticism that came from that. And of course, everybody on the internet has opinions about you and what you should have did and how you should have did it. And, you know, um, but not being, not letting that affect you and being able to move past it and still comfortable in your skin and your success and your successes, um, is another, you know, skill that yeah, I learned. We could have a whole podcast on that. There's so many things <laughs> triggering in my brain. And one of the things that I think would help people if that, if that resonates with you, which I know it does a lot of people and I'm, I'm not perfect. I struggle with it too. Right. Like I, it's, but I choose to look through it through the lens. And again, I'm not perfect. There's times it gets to me, but I choose to look through the criticism as a lens of, all right, what can I learn from that? Can I be better? Is it relevant? First and foremost, let's remove my ego. It may have hurt, but is there any truth? Because if it hurts, usually there's part of it that's true. That's why it hurts. If you knew for a hundred percent fact that any of that criticism was not true, it would not bother you. Right. So let's remove our ego and let's accept responsibility and hold up the mirror for ourselves and be like, that stung a little. What can I learn from it? And become better, right? Like use that as an opportunity. And so I think one of the things too that you mentioned is getting rid of the racetrack is your example. That's a huge win for you. Like as your coach, as your friend, I'm so happy that you were able to do that. That was your choice. That allows you to focus on things that are more important, higher priorities, et cetera, in your life. Yes. And so if anyone else does not understand that, that's okay. But Tracy knows why she did it. Her family knows why she did it. And she knows it was a huge win. And those people that don't understand it, that's okay. They don't need to. Right. But Tracy's confident in her own skin because she knows why she made the decision. And let's just say, as an example, this is not the case, but let's just say that Tracy had a business venture. I'll use myself. I have a business venture that failed, which I've failed before, and I'll do it again. And there's people that say, oh, well, Matt failed at this. He did this, whatever. Yep, I sure did. But look at all these lessons I've learned and where I'm going to be better in my life because I did fail. And you sitting on the sidelines criticizing people that failed where are we going to be in five years from each other? Because I'm willing to fail. Failure is not fatal. Failure is not final. If as long as you're willing to accept responsibility and take inventory of yourself and what part you played in that failure and you can learn and grow from it, you will never go back there again. And so I think a lot of people think like your racetrack example, you remove something in your life so that you can gain something in your life. Yes. And so many people we talked about discipline. We talked about being success and successful in this business. And so many people mistake success with, I just have to do more. <laughs> but sometimes success is found in subtraction. Yes. I need to do less things, but I need to do more of the things that serve me at a higher level that move the needle for my life, for my business, for the things that are prioritized in my life. And those are the things that I remain disciplined on. So here is my hack for that. And I stole it from Andy Frisella, which I know is a mentor to you as well, Tracy, just like he is me, the creator of 75 Hard Program. Um, You want to become mentally tough? Go do 75 Hard. You want more information? Go back in this feed. I did an amazing podcast on 75 Hard, how it transformed my life. Go listen to it. It can transform yours as well. Another hack that I learned from Andy is called the power list. 
There's an episode that I did on that too, because that is the secret to winning the day today. What are those five critical tasks that you need to accomplish today to consider it a win? And if you get those done by 10 o'clock and they truly were critical, they truly were transformative for your business, you won the day by 10 o'clock. Now you can choose to keep doing more work or you can go to the Christmas party because I won my day by 10 o'clock. Yep. But what happens is we have the Christmas party. So we're going to sleep into 11 and go to the Christmas party at noon and not get anything done. That's right. where the guilt comes from, right? And so I just think that sometimes we need to do less to actually do more. And let's get out of overwhelm. Let's see what the three to five core competencies that we have are in our life and our business. What am I good at? What do I enjoy? What will move the needle for my life, for my business? Really have that honest conversation with yourself. What are those things? How, how do I make it measurable? How often do I need to do it? And do it that consistent rhythm and that consistent cadence. And that's a win. But most people don't aren't willing to do that, number one, on a consistent basis. And they want the instant gratification of today's society. And they're not willing to have delayed gratification. You have to do it for a period of time. When I say period of time, that doesn't mean two days or three days or three weeks. That means 90 days to in today's society and real estate market. I'm stretching that to six months because we don't know what we don't know. Absolutely. So do those activities consistently day in and day out for the next six months. And if you're struggling, you don't know what those things are. You're a real estate agent listening to this. Go back and listen to my 15 hour work week. That is your recipe. And if you do that every single day, I promise you, you will win in this business. Yep. Yeah. Just doing your power list, you know, your five tasks, you'll win if you do it every single day. That's right. It's simple, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's not easy, but it's simple. And right. we want to we want to overcomplicate it so we can miss out on the key ingredient of hard work, the key ingredient of discipline. And well, Tracy, it, it can't be that simple. It is. It yeah. really is. <laughs> yep. But you just got to do it consistently for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then align yourself with, like Tracy said, with a great coach that can help you elevate even further and you invest in your most important asset, which is yourself. And then as you're doing those disciplines and those activities, Now you look up 90 days, six months from now, and you're like, wow, not only did I accomplish A, B, and C, but I'm also a better caliber of person and human being. And so I can continue to stack these wins on top of each other. Yep. And they do stack up. They do. Compound. Yeah. It takes time. But as soon as they start stacking up, it's like amazing. And and I feel like 75 hard was a perfect example of that if anybody ever... Um, is interested in doing it, it definitely will transform your life. It will. It will transform the way you look at life. Yep. It changes the way you look at things and how they do impact you. Most people get caught up on, you know, their first 30 days, they expect to lose a bunch of weight because they're working out so much, right? Because most people, let's face it, most people don't look at it as a mental toughness challenge. They look at it as a weight loss thing, right? And, um, And like the weight won't get lost until your last 30 days, really. Yeah. Um, but, and that's, that's the power of the program and the, the perseverance is teaching us patience. I love it. Awesome, Tracy. Well, I want to wrap up. I'm running out of time here. Thank you so much for your time. If you had one tip, one mindset, one leadership, one parenting hack, something for someone that is living a busy life, what is a tip that you would give to the people that we can leave them with? Make sure you take care of yourself first. Take care of yourself first. What do you mean by that? Um, get your workouts in. Do you know? Do one. Do your first hard thing in the morning. Mm. Whenever I start out with doing my first, you know, my hard thing, whatever my hardest thing is, um, get it out of the way because after you get that done, then your mindset is made for the rest of the day. The rest of your day is going to be good because you got something hard already and you already have the confidence to go into your day to kick ass. Right. Um, so, you know, it goes along with that. What was that book? Like eat the frog or something like that. Yep. But in all seriousness, I've never read that book. I understand the concept, but, um, but yeah, do your, do your hard thing. And then that way you already have your confidence to move forward for the day. I love it. I want to add, just add a little bit to that. I totally agree. I call that forced suffering because yeah. we all think that suffering is optional in life, but suffering is required. And I'll end it on this. You either suffer and we'll use suffering sacrifice as the same. So either suffer and sacrifice 
for the things that you want, that you desire, what you want to accomplish in life. Or if you're not willing to make those sacrifices or go through that suffering, those things you want in life that you truly desire become the sacrifice. It's not, it's a part of the equation. You can't not suffer. You can't not sacrifice, but you get to choose which sacrifice you will have. And if you sacrifice for the things that you want, you will get them every time. Choose your heart. That's right. I love it. Awesome. Tracy, as always, it's been amazing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. If someone wants to reach out to you or follow you or find you, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Um, Instagram is probably the best way and it's just at Tracy Hernley. Um, or of course, all my contact info is on there or Facebook. Okay. Awesome. And we will link those in the show notes for everyone too, to make it easier to find. All right. Awesome. Awesome, Have a great Tracy. Day. Thank you so much. Thank you.